0: Let's begin. Hello, listeners. We are back on the road in the RV. On today's episode, we are in Utah to speak to Andrea DeMille. Andrea has her own consulting firm, has written a book called Is It Racism? How to Heal the Human Divide. She also hosts her Own podcast called Wake Up Stories. Andrea, welcome to the RV. Hi, thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Of course, thank you for your time and of course for being here with us today. So, Andrea, you are originally from Georgia, but you and your family are now in Utah. Is that correct? Yes, that's right. And what made you move across the country? <laughs> That's a very interesting
1: um, story. So my husband actually was laid off twice within a year. And prior to that, for three years, he'd been saying, we should go live in Utah because he went to college in Idaho. And I kept saying, I'm never going to Utah. I'm not going to Utah. You know, there's no Black people there. Like, it's just very vanilla, like just beige kind of state, you know, I'm never going. And for three years, he would bring it up and he would say, it's a great place to raise kids. I'm like, no, no, no. Uh, And then he ended up laid off for the second time in a year. And he was working in surgery in LA when they uh, cut his program when he was laid off. And so I drove two hours to the Atlanta airport. I picked him up and I looked at him and I said, so do you want to go to Utah now? (laughs) And yeah, I said, you know, we can job search anywhere in the world. So why not Utah? And that's what we ended up doing. We drove across the country over a period of a few days and ended out here kind of job searching in Utah for a couple of months, renting a place just kind of month to month. But it was very stressful. I was pregnant. We had no house. We had no job and it was very stressful. And then I looked at him One summer afternoon, and I said, hey, why work for anyone else when we can work for ourselves? Let's just open our own business. And we've been here
0: for four years now. You guys have the guts. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's been crazy. I really think that is a decision that is very difficult to take. But once you are there, it is what it is. And you started your consulting firm. Can you tell us more about it?
1: Uh, Yeah, for sure. So the wake-up stories came about because I, when George Floyd was murdered, um, at the time, my 12-year-old was crying every day for almost a week straight. Uh, So as you and I mentioned right before recording, I have five boys. But the older two are Black and the younger three are mixed. My husband is white. So this was one of my black sons that just kept crying. And he was finally old enough to understand what injustice is, you know, and this instance, racial injustice. And he just kept crying and saying, mom, I don't understand. I don't understand. you know. And that was very hard for me to witness as a mother um, because I've gone through it, you know, but to watch him go, go through it was very difficult. So I ended up putting a video out on Facebook And really, it was just to share with my friends and family and let them know what it's like having Black boys in America. And these are some of the conversations that I have to have with my children to keep my boys safe. And if you don't have to have these conversations, then you should count yourself lucky. Well, that video ended up getting 20,000 views. And at the time, uh, Lieutenant Governor Cox was running for governor for the state of Utah. And he and his campaign reached out to me and they wanted to come by and visit. And so since he was campaigning, my immediate thought was, oh, there's some political angle. You know, he probably wants the publicity of him fellowshipping with one of the few Black people in the state of Utah. But whatever, you know, who says no to the governor or, you know, um, the lieutenant governor at the time. So their campaign came over and I was very frank with them. I was like, I know you have an agenda. I'm not an idiot. But if you're going to help me get this good message out, then let's let's do this. And they were like, no, we have no agenda. We just want to hear your stories. And and so we did, we sat in my living room with the Lieutenant Governor um, at the time, um, Representative um, Henderson, Deidre Henderson. Now they are governor and Lieutenant Governor. But we sat there and with Governor Cox's wife, First Lady Abby, and some of their campaign managers. And we just had a conversation and I shared with them some of the stories um, that I've gone through in Utah where a racial bias, I've been treated differently because of racial bias or because of my children. Um, and even just because I don't practice the predominant faith of being Mormon out here. So we talked about all these things and then they left and it was great. We hugged, we became really good friends. And then I learned how my stories had impacted Governor Cox, Lieutenant Governor Henderson and their administration. Eventually they commissioned me to be on Project Gateway to give policy suggestions um, for their transition team as they took office. And we helped give policy suggestions that the state can do to improve women's rights, um, You know, to be more equitable and diverse for the LGBT plus Q community and for minorities. So once that happened, it just became a snowball effect of, hey, will you come teach us this class? Will you come sit on this panel? Will you come ha- lead this com- uncomfortable conversation? And I was actually working on a book for women in business, for women to be successful. Because as I mentioned, I'm a business owner. And I went to my mentor, Dave, and I said, hey, these things are happening. And I feel like I should pivot. And I should focus on you know racial biases and 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 share these stories that I'm sharing with everyone else. I should put these stories in a book and teach and lead on these stories. And my mentor said, absolutely do it. So I pivoted and I'm you know, because I, I wanted to leave these comfortable conversations because it's the right thing to do and it helps to bring people together. And then, you know, it came to the point, Lucia, where it was literally taking a lot of time away from my family and my business. And I thought, well, if I'm going to continue to help other businesses be more inclusive, I have to start getting paid. Right. Like that, but that wasn't how it started, but that's kind of how it evolved. And so now I get paid to go in to you know, corporate organizations, nonprofit organizations, and lead these uncomfortable conversations to help them be more diverse, more equitable, more inclusive. Um, I do lots of public speaking on it now. And that's kind of how it birthed into the wake up stories.
0: (laughs) As I told you before, you are a superstar. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Love this story. Wow. Yeah, this is your first book. Yes, yes. Yes. This will be my first book. Is it
1: Racism? How to Heal the Human Divide.
0: And can you tell us just a little bit about your book without giving too much? So, yeah. Thank you for asking
1: about the book. The book, as I mentioned, is a combination of stories. And a lot of these stories have to deal with racial biases. And there's some that are personal that have happened to me and some that have also happened to my family members to just kind of help people wake up to some of the sometimes subtle um, racial biases and also very blatant and flagrant racial biases that happen in this country to people of color and even women. I share stories on intersectionality on how, you know, even women get treated differently because of their gender and some of the biases and stereotypes behind that. And I start out the book with my own story. So there we were on the Capitol step. It was early December and Governor Herbert at the time was on his way out as the Cox administration was about to take over and transition in. And the, one of the last things that he did was issue the signing of the diversity compact. So it was five points that Utah stated together where they would have, um, where they would, you know, this is what we stand for as a state, as a, you know, we're going to be inclusive, all in together, we're all in. And it was beautiful. And I had been invited to the signing of this compact because of the work that I was doing with the transition team. So we all got together at the Capitol to sign and it was a beautiful early winter morning with, um, you know, a sea of black and brown faces Asian Pacific Islanders, just young, old, gay, straight, male, female. I mean, it was just a beautiful combination of people coming together for this compact signing. And I, I literally was crying at some of the stories that were being shared. It was, it was beautiful. So I noticed movement out of the right corner of my eye. And I um, didn't think too much of it because we were on the Capitol steps and you know, people walk their dogs and things like that. But then this person started to approach the Capitol steps. And I still didn't think much of it of, oh, you know, perhaps they just want to see what's going on. Literally every news station in the state was here, oh. you know, documenting. Um, so he gets a little closer and then I can start to make him out. And I noticed that he's a young Hispanic man with no shirt. He's covered in tattoos and his pants are a little below his belt line. And my first feeling was fear. And then my first thought was, what is he doing here? Is he here to start trouble? And it's completely embarrassing to admit that here I am doing inclusive work for the state. I'm at the signing of this diversity compact and I'm showing racial biases towards this Hispanic gentleman. Right. And so I caught myself. I said, Andrea, stop it. Look at him. And I made myself look him in the eye, and he was smiling ear to ear. He was elated at what was happening, and just as quickly as my feelings turned from fear, they were able to change to inclusivity and joy and happiness. And uh, the the security detail of the governor was standing to the right, and he looked over his shoulder and smiled as well. And we were all kind of in the same frequency. And so I start that story to let everybody know: listen. We all have racial biases and it's okay. But what we can do is use this mind model. I have a mind model in the book to help ourselves wake up to our own racial biases and change the seeds that have been planted into our subconscious mind for more inclusivity and love. Because that's what happened to me. And I knew that the feelings of fear derived from a stereotypical anecdotal situation, because I've never had a personal. interaction that was bad with the Hispanic person ever, you know, I've never, uh, or Hispanic descent. So there was no personal reason for me to fear someone in tattoos. No, but I knew it was, you know, things I've seen on TV, stereotypes in movies, stereotypes in, in magazines of what the bad guy looks like and music and things like that. And that's why I felt fear. But if we can just take a moment and pause, like I, when I said, stop it and look at it. That's how we can start to change our feelings, which in turn, reseed our subconscious mind with more inclusivity. So that's the whole premise of the book. Every chapter is a story with three reflective questions that allow us to wake up to our own biases and reflect on how we feel and where they came from. And then we use the mind model, as I just mentioned before, to change our heart for more inclusivity.
0: Your journey, and work, the work you do is so inspiring. So, oh, thank you. Andrea, tell us about your podcast as well. It's called Wake Up Stories. What can we expect from listening to your show? I'm super curious. I want to turn it
1: Yeah, so the Wake Up Stories is um, pretty much the foundation of what my book came from. Um, So what we do is every, every episode, we have a guest come on the show and share their stories of how they've been treated differently because of someone else's biases or how they woke up to their own biases and started treating people with more inclusivity. And we just have a conversation so that, you know, there's power in the storytelling. And, but we, we, we discuss all types of biases. So just recently, I had a guest on the show who was letting us know how she had to wake up to her own biases of what a mental health disorder looks like, because uh, she's been diagnosed with bipolarism and schizophrenia. And she said, you know, there's stereotypes on how people treat her. But then she also had her own stereotypes of, oh, my gosh, am I crazy? You know, I I have mental health disordered you know so we go over everything behind biases behind being queer biases behind being a woman biases behind being treated differently because of someone's religion biases because of someone's culture uh race ethnicity so we go over everything on the wake up stories um and and as a woman of color yourself you know i if i would love to even have you come on the show and share you know some somehow you've been, like you said, you do some of the, some of the work and you're passionate about it, you know, but having you on, and we just have a very different variety of people that come on men, women, old, young, and, and share their story. One of my recent guests came on and she shared how she used to be colorblind. How she would say, I don't see color. I leave, you know, I love everybody. And, and we, let's not talk about it because we're contributing to the problem and how she doesn't feel that way anymore. And why, you know, so it's very, it's, we get both ends of the spectrum, uh-huh. um, but yeah, that's what we do. So, I mean, if any of you listeners would like to come on the show, uh, please, you can find us at the wakeupstories.com and submit a request to come on and share your story. That's, we just we just talk and, and listen to people's stories and help heal that human
0: divide and bring people together. I'd love to go to your show. I have stories to tell as well. Oh, I'm sure. Yes. And uh, Andrea, you mentioned you were also commissioned to give policy suggestions for women, LG, LGBTQ, <laughs> and minorities in Utah. Can you give us an example of the type of policies you worked on? Yeah,
1: absolutely. So, um, for instance, we, there is a huge pay gap between men and women in the state of Utah. And part of that is making um, uh, access equitable for women to rise up so that we and give them opportunity for jobs and employment. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what we did was we presented a lot of data to the Cox administration on why there is a a problem between the wage gap between men and women in this state. You know, Utah is number two for the worst pay gap between men and women in the nation in the nation. So we we gave suggestions on that. And they took it and started putting together a study um, to get more data. And they also created what we call a returnship program. And so what that is is for women, but it's not just for women, but for people older in life, um, most of the recipients are women because a lot of the demographics in this state, uh, women take a break from their career to help raise their children to a certain point and then they want to go back. So the state has created what we call the returnship. And it helps anyone who wants to re-enter the workforce. And it gives them a paid internship so that they get skills and education and they get to update their resume while getting paid. And then they can use that to segue into a job. So it doesn't look like you've gone 10, 15, 20 years without working and then suddenly you can. So that is a prime example of how during the admit- during the transition, we came together and brainstormed and gave data and examples on the wage gap, the administration took that information and created one of many programs called the Returnship.
0: That sounds so interesting. You should yeah. be very proud of, being <laughs> part of it and your family as well. Andre. Thank you.
1: Thank you. It's, it's just an honor to be a part of it and to make this world a better place is, is a true honor. So,
0: mm-hmm. yes. And you've accomplished so much already, and you're so young. So (laughs) are you currently working on anything that you would like to share with us?
1: Uh, Yeah, I'm working on a series, a children's book series, um, to help children start to think and feel more inclusively. So this this came about because my seven-year-old came home from school one day, and he said, Mom because you're black, you don't deserve to own a property or to buy a house. And I said, well, why did you say that? He said, well, your black skin reminds people of darkness and darkness and evilness. And people don't like darkness and evilness. And I was devastated, absolutely devastated. I cried for a good 25, 30 minutes on my bathroom floor. Um, And once I picked up the pieces and had a conversation with him the next day, I was thinking, you know, just like I had been seated with what a bad guy looks like in terms of being Hispanic and tattoos. My son has been seated to believe that people of color and black people remind them of evilness and we don't deserve to own property. This has to change. He's obviously not learning it at home, right? And so I thought, you know what? I'm gonna put together a children's, a children's book series so that we can teach our children from a young age how to be more inclusively and and, you know, plant good seeds into their subconscious mind about people of color.
0: So that's what I'm working on next. I'm sure it will be a success because we need, <laughs> we need this kind of books, Andrea. What message would you like to leave to our listeners out there? Yeah, if there's
1: one thing that I can leave with your listeners, it would be that we all can make change. We can all be the pebble in the pond with many ripple effects to help bring this world together. So a lot of times when it comes to the conversation of racial biases, women injustice, fighting for LGBTQ plus rights, intersectionality behind all of it, people tend to get overwhelmed and they say, well, I understand that it's a problem, but I'm one person. And what can I do to make a difference? And I say, you know, you may not be able to change the world, but you can change your world. You can change you. And it starts by being willing to have these uncomfortable conversations. So have the uncomfortable conversation by first leading with empathy and compassion for the person that you're talking to. Because when you do that, you plant new inclusive seeds into your subconscious mind. You change your world. You become the pebble in the pond with positive ripple effects
0: that will in turn help heal the human divide. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. You speak so beautifully. Thank thank you so much, Andrea. I'm so happy to have you here today. So tell our listeners, where can we find you?
1: Yes, thank you so much for that. I would love to connect with all of your listeners. Um, If you guys are interested in doing some collaborating, if you need help with speakings, trainings, or even just want to come on the podcast show, you can find me at thewakeupstories.com. I'm also on Instagram, and that's Andrea, A-U-N-D-R-E-A, underscore D, underscore. Uh, And follow us on social media platforms, The Wake Up Stories. Join us in our Facebook group to keep this conversation going. But it has been a sure, sure pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.
0: If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe